Hello and welcome to the Pen Addict Podcast, um, the show all about pens and paper and lovely things of that analogue nature. Uh, it is hosted by Mr. Pen Addict himself, that is Brad Dowdy, and by me, Mike Hurley of the 70 Decibels Network. How are you, Brad? I'm great, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm doing dandy, my friend. Good as always. Busy, busy, but that's fun. That's exactly right. So uh, last week we spoke a bit about paper. Um, and then we started to go into what we carry about on a daily basis from a paper perspective. Um, mm-hmm. At that point, I had to cut you off in your excitement and say that it would be <laughs> good if we maybe kept it for this week and, and do an episode around the daily carry. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, that's uh, one of my f- favorite topics. And uh, I know once we got started on it last week, it, it would have uh, run on for, for quite a while. So just just a recap in case uh, someone's picking it up on this episode and didn't catch last week's episode. We just covered some general paper um, you know, definitions, some, some uh, the types of paper, the more journal style paper, moleskin, hardbound journal types of paper that uh, Mike and I use and that um, other people might like seeing and then that kind of morphed into you know what we use for our for our daily use or our portable paper and then uh that's i think our jumping off point for today indeed so why don't you start start off because you you probably have a, a, a as, as is always a better system yeah well, and and i don't know that it's a system but i when i leave the house you know my desk is is one area right i've got Usually on my desk, I've got a large notebook, um, you know, like eight and a half by eleven size. Uh, we talked about I use the the Dome Dome Paper Idea Journal for that, and then I'll have a couple of small. I'll have a smaller Idea Journal, and I have a Field Notes notebook, and they each kind of do different things for me. Um, you know, one's kind of an inbox, um, some random notes, things like that. Then my large one is for more planning or meeting or organizing or notes or to do. That's the main. That's the main capturing tool. When I leave the house, um, you know, I'm, I'm not totally analog. I do take my iPhone with me, but I always carry a Dome Paper Utility Journal, um, which is the small three and a half by five and a half. It's like a pocket notebook. Um, you know, people are familiar with that size from seeing field notes or the moleskin uh, K-hairs. Uh, I think that's how you say it. We, I know we had that discussion last week, too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's something that's going to slip into your pocket. Um, you're hardly going to notice it. It's good quality. Um, you know, and it goes in a pants pocket, a shirt pocket. Um, I, I carry mine in both places. I'm not too particular. Um, one thing I do use with my Doan Utility Journal is I did buy one of the super nice Doan Paper Leather Works covers, utility journal covers, which is a knockout. Um, that that slides in my back pocket like a wallet. I carry a front pocket wallet uh, money clip, so I have room in my back pocket for a, a notebook like that. So, and and really, when I leave the house, that's what that's what I use for a notebook. For a pen, I am not too particular when I leave the house. Um, it's usually going to be a ballpoint type pen, just because most of mine are retractable. Um, I like that convenience when I'm out and about. I can I don't have to worry about losing a cap. Um, and depending on if I'm writing in some weird outdoor situation where a gel ink or a liquid ink pen may not work so hot, the ballpoint's a little more is a more safer choice. Um, a lot of people will look at carrying a, a pressurized ink pen for their everyday carry pen, which is your Fisher Space pens and 
you know, Uniball power tanks and, and we can talk all about those. But, um, for me, it's usually my, like a 0.5 millimeter jet stream or a 0.7 miller, seven millimeter acroball. And when I'm not carrying a ballpoint, I carry that Secura Pigma Micron that I talk about all the time, mm-hmm. which is a polar opposite in <laughs> effectiveness to the, uh, to the ballpoint. But, um, I, I know if I'm, this is how weird I am. I know if I'm going to be in an indoor situation where the, it's controlled, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take the Micron. And if I'm, no, I'm going to be out and about and don't know what, uh, I might need to be riding. I'll take the jet stream. What's the difference for you? Like why, what, what's the indoor situation? Well, no, I, I just, the Micron's not a great everyday carry pin, right? I mean, it's a felt tip, um, it's capped. It's, right. it's an, it's an awesome pin, but you know, if it's, it's, if it's rainy or, you know, I happen to be, you know, out in the field with the kids or something and it's dirty outside, that pin's not going to function as well as just a ballpoint. You want something it, with a rocker, you can just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a little more, it's a little more sensitive, uh, to the environment and, you know, and also this is a, <laughs> this is a definite pin attic thing. If I take the Secure Pigma Micron, and that's the only pin I'm carrying, and someone asks me to borrow a pin, I'm in trouble because I know they're going to destroy it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to let somebody touch it. Like you, I personally would never let anybody touch my fountain pen. Right. Uh, mainly because I'm a lefty. Right. Um, so, you know, as we spoke about before, they're going to take that, and they're going to yep. use it on the right side, so it's going to ruin the... No, it's not going to ruin it, but in my my mind, it's like, well, that's not the way that I've broken my pen in, so I don't want you to touch it. <laughs> right. There is some wear in, with, especially with a fountain pen for a left-hander, for sure. Um, you know, it's not that the Micron's not disposable in another $2.50. It's not that big a deal, but I just know that it's not going to come back to me in the same way as it, as it left me. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, weird that way. <laughs> I mean, that reminds me of quite a common thing that I say uh, to people I work with um, who are losing their pens or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, people lose pens or whatever. It's like, well, you need to spend a little bit of money on, on a pen. Like, even if you spent like £10 on a pen, mm-hmm. you're less likely to then lose it because it becomes more of a possession. If you're just carrying around Bix, you're going to lose them because you don't care about them. You don't check for them. Exactly. That's something that I always say to people. Yeah, and and for me, I honestly, no matter, uh, with all the pens I own, I can't remember the last time I've lost a pen just because I'm always conscious about that. Um, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll carry two if I know I'm going to be in a, in a crowd and someone might ask, ask me for a pen. So I'll give them the one I don't mind uh, vanishing or them chewing on or something like that. And uh, keep mine, uh, the one I want to use hidden away in my pocket. It's like in my, in my work rucksack, I have a pencil case. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, it were all the pens that I would want to use throughout the day, pretty much. Yep. Um, and then I always have a couple of cheapo pens in there for that purpose. Like I have a couple of those. Um, we spoke about them before. The the Unibal one that feels feels like a bit like a fountain pen. Um, is, it, is it a Uni one? Ooh. It was the one where I knocked stuff over. Where I had to go get, pick it up from my bag. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was the Uni Vision Elite. That's the one. I have a couple yep. of those because I bought like a three or four pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just keep a couple of those on me. Yep, and that's what I, when I worked at a, um, you know, at an office job, I worked in a data center, and I did the exact same thing. I had my backpack had my pen case in it, 
So if I wanted to use something, it came out of that pen case. On my desk sat a pen cup that had anything that I felt could be stolen and I wouldn't miss. <laughs> yeah. So you keep uh, all the, the grab, I like to call it the grabby hands. You let the grabby hands take the stuff you're not going to miss and keep your good stuff stashed away. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Typically for me in my breast suit mm-hmm. pocket. Yep. Which yep. is currently where the, um, that's where the Pereira is living. Ah, good. Because um, I'm good. taking that to work with me every day. Because that is where, I mean, and then, you know, sometimes I'll break out of the show notes. But right now I'm using mm-hmm. the um, 0.38 Muji that I spoke about last week. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been good. enjoying that. But, um, I am also. I do also really enjoy using the prayer for the show notes as well because it's quite fine. Um, yeah. Especially when because I, I write these show notes in a field notes book. Mm-hmm. So having us having a finer tip is good for that. Now I, I know you like the field notes. Do they leave? The, do they ever leave the house with you? Do um, you, are you, do you do that type of thing like I do? Like I always carry one in my pocket somewhere. I always have um, two field notes books in my rucksack. Okay. Um, but I also my my main notebook for work is a um, Pac-Man at the moment. It's a Pac-Man special edition moleskin. Mm-hmm. It's yellow, bright yellow, um, and it's got an embossed the embossed Pac-Man logo all over it. I love them. I cool. bought a couple of them. I got one of the small ones, as the here's as well, which is black, and it's got um, Pac-Man logo on the front. That that's one thing I I know I I didn't really bag on moleskin last last week. But, you know, as, as far as paper wise, we talked about paper quality. But one thing they do do right is they do their their the branding and marketing is pretty cool, especially yeah. with the Pac-Man stuff. The Star Wars stuff's killer. I've got they the got, Star Wars ones and I want yeah, to get some of the Lego ones, but I've not yet bought them. They have a whole new series of Star Wars ones coming out this year. Yeah, I've seen those. They're pretty mm-hmm. cool. They've got like Yoda quotes and stuff on the front of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got so, I've got both of the Star Wars ones. The um there's one where it's just stars and it's got the, like, in, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, those are cool. Um, and I've got the one where it looks like you're in warp speed. See, I, I haven't bought any because I would just I would just buy them to, to collect them. And that's the last, I don't, you should see my stash right as it is right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's embarrassing. <laughs> um, I, but I do use, I use a combination because mainly the main thing in my life that, that I use notebooks for now is the show notes. Every podcast mm-hmm. on the network has got its own book, mm-hmm. um, ranging from field notes to moleskins. Okay. Um, there isn't really a lot of rhyme or reason for why I use either. It's just what, you know, kind of the stuff that I have around or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean the field notes I enjoy because they're nice and small and compact and they're easier to keep. I mean, maybe in the future I will use more field notes than moleskins. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're just easier to stack around. Um, but I, I say I use the moleskin for work mainly, but I also have a couple of field notes in there in case maybe a big project starts or something like that and I want to keep a specific book for it. Right. Um, I can carry around the field notes in my bag without adding too much weight. Like if I had like three or four uh, moleskins just in my bag ready to be used, then my bag's going to be very heavy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, are you are you crazy like me and buy all the different colors field notes series that come out or you stick with the basic ones? Um, um, I've only ever bought one pack of field notes mm-hmm. myself, which was the um, the ones with the transfers. They were the first field yeah. notes that I bought. Um, and then I've had you sent me some. Mm-hmm. I sent you the red blooded. Yep. Which is the new. Just, well, yeah, the it's the second. It's the second base, I guess, base level field notes. Um, you know, the brown 
craft paper looking one is the the standard base level and the the red the new, the red blooded is kind of the new standard that's always in stock field notes and then they have the special editions what what they what field notes calls the color series like you were saying you had the the ones with the transfers on it that you ordered um, yeah. I, I I don't I don't think I want to know what you spelled on the covers with your transfers <laughs> it's all, all <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I actually I don't subscribe to the color series. I actually because uh, I like to pick and choose, and I actually skipped that one. I was like, I you know, out of all the ones that I bought, um, I, I I passed on that one. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And then so I also I, have um, um, Stephen Hackett sent me a a package full of field notes books he wasn't using. Mm. So I have the Tennessee edition. Okay. Um, and I have. Um, some of the white ones, what are they called? Uh, northerly. Northerly, and these things are stunning. Yeah, they're very cool. Actually, and I know, uh, I know your uh, your co-host on cooking with uh, Mr. Brett Kelly. He's a big field notes junkie too. Yeah, I know he, he has, has he lot. has all the colors and quantities and things like that. And I've ordered, I've ordered a bunch of them in the past. I actually, I've just, I've really just started using them now that I work from home more. I actually kind of do like you do and, and separate some different projects into different notebooks and things like that. See, so I, I would like to at some point get the colors subscription, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would use that many books. Yeah. It's one of the only things. Well, and the price is quite expensive. Yeah. Uh, to, uh, so one thing I need to justify the cost and then actually have a use for all of them. Uh, that's what I think I was, I don't know if it was Brett was talking about it on cooking or I caught him on Twitter saying he had 70 something or 90 something field notes, notebooks. And yeah, you were right I was like, was, yeah, I gotta go. One count. of the earlier episodes. I said, yeah. Yeah. I said, I gotta go count mine. I might, I don't, do I have more than that? And I went and counted and uh, I sent a photo. I'll send it to you, send the link to you. I had 52. So it's not, it's not quite, uh, in Brett Kelly's realm, but, um, yeah, 52 individual field notes. I've actually been going through them a lot here recently. I just closed one out today and started a new one. I use it a lot for my as my inbox on my desk instead of, you know, a, you know, a digital note-taking right app or something like that. That's everything goes in there and and I mentioned this before, everything goes in there then I move it out somewhere where it needs to be afterwards. One day we need to talk about um digital versus paper note taking because yes. I, I do that but digitally digitally because it mm-hmm. works better for me so we'll have to talk about why we do that okay yeah i think that's a good idea yeah so yeah it, my, my daily carry is is not as exciting as yours and, and i kind of um i don't have like a a pen type at the moment really that i carry around with me it's kind of whatever i'm enjoying the most mm-hmm. um so say at the moment i'm carrying around the prayer but i mean i, I have a pencil case which has um, has a Uniball uh, Kurutoga, mm-hmm. like the Unikurutoga, and I have a couple of um, just like random gel pens, which are just in different colours because I need sometimes red or green or blue for work um, to okay. mark up different things. So it's not as exciting, but that's what this show is doing: is building on that. <laughs> my collection is becoming more exciting. Yeah, and my, mine's not that exciting either. Um, if it wasn't for the, the the leather case, I keep the. Uh, don't utility journal in because I'm not that uh, I'm not too hardcore about the pen that I take when I leave the house. Except it's probably nine times out of ten retractable, just because that's yeah, that's that, easier. That that when I first saw that don't uh, leather case, I mean that thing is mm-hmm. that is pretty. I would like something like that for field notes. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then I think I would use them more if I had something which is more keepable. Because what drives me crazy about field notes is that they open up. Yeah. When you put them down, that drives me mad. I, I know. They're so, they're so like OCD, but like moleskin, even if you don't pull the elastic band over them, they shut because they've got the cardboard, like the heavy cardboard covers. But the field notes are flimsy, which is part of their selling point, but because they don't close, it drives me mad. Like That's why you see like I have like a rubber band, like a field notes rubber band uh-huh. that I use to keep them all together with. But, and I've seen like, I've seen people um, use like bulldog clips and stuff like that to keep them oh, closed. For sure. And then they, they definitely do. It, and that drives me crazy too. I'll always, if I have uh, like the one I'll use on my desk, I'll always set something else on top of it just because of that bugs me seeing it flipped up like that. <laughs> I, seriously, I, it drives me crazy. I'm looking at one right now. Because that's what, what I really like about the moleskins is they open out flat on their mm-hmm. own. That's really mm-hmm. important to me. But then also stay closed on their own as well. Yep. So it covers both bases. But what you can't do with a regular moleskin is fold it around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and you have the, the paperback, like the, the, the soft covers, right. moleskins. And... Because they're sort of, they've got like a thick sort of faux leather cover, and they do keep not completely closed, but they keep more closed than field notes. So that's the kind of best of both worlds. I do actually like the soft cover ones, but I don't use them as much. Yeah, and there, there's a couple other ones I've I've tried. If people are looking for the other, other um, everyday carry type notebooks, the real flexible, um, pliable cover type notebooks like the field notes and the Dome paper, I've used um, uh, the ecosystem. I've tried those out. I wasn't crazy about those just because they're the grid pattern. I like some, we've talked about how I like grids. Their grid lines were very dark, um, almost too dark for the inks. I like, even, you know, for black ink, it was almost, it was a really, really dark, dark gray, almost black ink. And it was too dark. Um, it got in the way of the writing too much. Um, so I didn't care for that one as much, but I, I have used the um, Behance Action K-Hairs, um, which I don't know if you're familiar with the Behance Action method. Mm-hmm. They do a, they do one that's got their, I believe they have one that's got the, the Action Method pages in it, which is kind of like a to-do list, you know, checkbox system on one side of the page and then a dot, just a dot pattern on the other side page. And then they make some that are just dotted, like a fully dotted notebook. Um those are pretty cool. They're a little bit bigger. Um, so like I think Doan and Field Notes are three and a half by five and a half. Don't quote me on that, but I, I think that's right. But the the action, Behance action methods are four by six. So they're just that tiny bit bigger, which is, um, you know, good if you're if you're writing a lot. It's it's a good um, it's a good format. I like it. So those are some other options I've used besides um, Field Notes and Doan for everyday carry type type paper. Nope. Um, we got a good email this week. Oh, we got a very good email. This is actually mm, the fourth email in this series um, that I've traded with our, 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 our podcast listener, Lucas. Um, and what started this email chain, which I, you were, I think you were on some of them. I don't know that you got all of them. No. But what started this, um, this recent chain... <laughs> He's emailed us before. Um, he's German, and he jumped in on my pronunciation of Leuchterm, which I think is a more 
I think I was close last time, but he actually was kind enough to do an MP3 recording of how to pronounce <laughs> it and email it to me. So that was like, that was seriously cool. And um, he put in an email about how all the pins he was currently using and like a huge description of each one, like the Pilot Acrobat, why he liked this, this, and this about it. And, you know, since he was a student, he tried out the Pilot Friction and, you know, it, it really helped him. So he was, he was thanking me for that. And then it got onto the topic of his, he was like, by the way, you know, in, in Germany where I'm at, you know, in school, we're brought up using fountain pens. And I mean, I'll read it, read his email real quick. Um, Lucas says, another thing came to mind yesterday that I wanted to ask you when you go to school in Germany for the first 10 years at age six to 16 in school and for homework, you have to write with a fountain pen. No kid should write with a ball pen or similar writing devices because it is supposed to mess up your handwriting. When I was that age, 80 to 90 percent of my classmates, including me, had Lamy fountain pens. When we when we then entered the last three years of school, we were allowed to use ball pens and everyone switched to ball pens. The free ones that you get everywhere. The reason is simple. For most people in Germany, a fountain pen is a pen for children because it is the device you learn writing with. Um. He's in university now, and he hasn't seen a single fountain pen in lectures or exams. Um, it, and I just found that fascinating. Um, that it's almost looked down on for older students mm-hmm. to use the pen that they grew up with, where you and myself were like fascinated with fountain pens, and yeah. you know, especially the Lamis that you know the Lamy Safari was. You know, I knew the history of it. It was made for students. I mean, that was the whole purpose of that pen. That's why it came in the bright colors and, you know, like the, some of the first colors, I think were the primary colors, you know, red, yellow, and blue barrels, um, you know, cause they were, they were, they were making them for kids, but I didn't realize that there was this after effect, um, of just totally shutting out the fountain pen, um, for a while. So uh, that whole topic was really interesting to me. I don't know how how you grew up, you know, if you were forced to use any pen or anything like that. I know I sure wasn't. No, um, I mean, in, in my primary school, for the first few years of primary school, we could only write in pencil. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, no, I do remember that, yeah. And then you had to... um, You had to prove that you could write in pen. Like, if your handwriting was deemed to be okay enough. Like, if you could do joined um, or cursive. I believe it's called cursive in America. Yes, yes. Um, We just called it joined up. Um, if you can do that, then you you um, get like promoted to a felt tip type pen, hmm. um, a fine felt tip, um, or like um, even one of those, or more uh, more primarily. Do you, do you know the the B roll? Is it B roll handwriting pen? It's like a plastic yes. tip. Yeah. Type. Pen. Yes. Right. Um, we'd use those. Right, um, and then after a couple of years of that, you could kind of just use what you wanted. But it's interesting because a fountain pen um, is kind of the exact opposite to the type of pen you'd want to give a child. Because yeah, it gets everywhere. I would think so. And the the maintenance and the refilling. I mean, if they're you know actively using them every day in school and for homework, they're going to run through a lot of ink, and they probably have to have hundreds of cartridges in the classroom. Like I, you know? I used to love, I've always loved fountain pens. I don't know why, but <laughs> I used to, I had a couple of fountain pens when I was, when I was quite young 
um, and I was I had to put newspaper down whenever I wanted to write with it at home because my mum mm-hmm. was terrified I was going to ruin the carpet. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I had to put like a sheet of newspaper paper on the floor, and then I could put my paper down. Because oh, also, I, also as well, obviously the ink runs through and stuff. Yeah, and my kids come home from school as it is now with you know paint and food and everything all over their uniforms. I can imagine fountain pen ink all over everything all the time. I mean that that would be a nightmare. But um, I don't know. Do, do Germans have better handwriting than us? Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. Although Lucas does say um, that yeah, his handwriting said, is terrible. Yeah, he says his handwriting. Yeah, his handwriting is still bad. <laughs> So, but that that was funny. We've we've gone back and forth, and I, I explained to him that no, we didn't we didn't have anything like that at all. And in fact, you know, we weren't as I don't even recall being as, as strict as uh, you know what you went through, having to you know kind of graduate up a little bit into you know cer- certain types of pens. I think you know we we were forced to use pencil for probably a few years, and then after that, I think it was more open. Right. Um. You know, no no proving of of writing style or. Or anything like that. So, like I remember when we used to have handwriting lessons, and they'd make you write in italics. I used to hate that. I used to hate <laughs> writing in italics. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you do this? I remember as a kid, I was like, why would I write? I'm never going to write like this. Why are you teaching me? <laughs> I know, I know. And it, no, I'm getting off topic here, but I, did we talk about how how do how you write? Do you write in 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 cursive, or do you print, or or what's your writing style? It, but I do I have a very random mix of both that okay. there is no rhyme or reason. Sometimes I write in block capitals, sometimes mm-hmm. in, in joined up or cursive, but even in the same sentence that can change. Wow. No idea why. That's crazy. Cause I'm, I'm strictly print. If I had to write cursive right now, it, aside from my signature, it would be tragic. I mean, it would, it would be a real struggle. Um, and, and my print style is, is, I mean, everyone who's been to the Panatic scene, my print style, it's pretty much all caps in different uh, heights, <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, I don't write in lowercase and I write in kind of print all caps. Um, I don't know how that started. That's just something I've always, I, that's something I've always done. It's been since I've been in high school, probably, that I've written in cursive. And there you go. So I could not do it if I tried right now. So how can, um, if, if like Lucas, people want to send in emails to the show, how can they do that? Yeah, uh, like Lucas hits me up at thepenaddict at gmail.com. You can email me. I've been, I've been getting lots of emails. It's been uh, a lot of uh, pen recommendations and things like that. So I, I'm, I'm glad to help you guys out, and I'm glad everyone that's emailing in likes the show. Um, they always have kind words to say, and you can catch me on Twitter at Dowdyism as well, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M where I'm uh, quick to respond as well. So I try to get back to you as soon as I can. Cool. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I'm at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. And you can also go to 70decibels.com forward slash contact to get in touch with us there as well. Yep. And last week we talked about um, the ratings and the reviews in iTunes. And I read everything that's in there. And I just want to say thank you to everyone that's that's written in and, and given the um, – Panatic podcast or review and a rating. I, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, it helps really, us out really a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's a big deal for us, and we appreciate that. So there you go. All right, sir. I think that's about covered it for today. Indeed. Good deal. So, until mm-hmm. next time. 
Yeah, I'll go uh, dig out from the pile of paper that I'm under. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Bye. Bye. The Pen Attic Podcast is a 70 decibels production in conjunction with Brad Dowdy. Brad is an employee of jetpens.com who do not have any affiliation with this podcast.